Hey, welcome back everyone to the Revealed Thine Truth podcast, episode 10. We will be discussing the Inca civilization or Inca Empire. <clears throat> Before we get right into it, I hope everyone is staying safe out there. I hope everyone is taking it easy, spending time with loved ones, not only going out. If, if necessary, or if you are a key worker and you are on the front lines, I want to say that we still very much appreciate everything you're doing and keep safe. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at our line truth show. Also, follow me as well at the Billy Burn official or there so without further ado let's get into it this may be a two-parter a two-part episode that depends on how much we get through so etymology the Inca referred to their empires as Tarantinsu, the four Siu in Quechua. Tara is four and Entin is a suffix naming a group. So that a Tarantin is a quartet, a group of four things taken together. In this case, rep- representing the four Siu regions or provinces whose corners met at the capital, the four Siu were Chinche Siu North, Ati Siu East, the Amazon Jungle, Kurasiu South and Kurasi Siu West. The name Tarantin Siu was therefore a descriptive term indicating a union of provinces. The Spanish transliterated the name as Tahuantinsu or Tahuantinsu. The term Inca means ruler or lord in Quechua and was used to refer to the ruling class or the ruling family. The Incas were a very small percentage of the total population of the empire probably numbering only 15,000 to 40,000, but ruling a population of around 10 million people, the Spanish adopted the term transliterated as Inca in Spanish, as an ethnic term referring to all subjects of the empire rather than simply the ruling class. As such, the name Imperial Inca, Inca Empire referred to the nation that they encountered and subsequently conquered. So, bear with me a minute. <coughs> so, when we think of excuse me, the earliest civilizations, the Inca Empire are one of 10 ancient civilizations that were here centuries and centuries ago. So let's go into the history, which are the antecedents. The Inca Empire was the last chapter of thousands of years of Andean civilizations. The Andean civilization was one of five civilizations in the world deemed by scholars to be pristine, that is, indigenous and not derivative from other civilizations. The Inca Empire was preceded by two large-scale empires in the Andes, the Twanaku circa 300 to 1100 AD, based around Lake 
Chikaha and the Wawi or Hawawi circa 600 to 1100 AD. Centered near the city of Ayakuto, the Wawi occupied the Kuzgo area for about 400 years. Thus, many of the characteristics of the Inca Empire derived from early multi-ethnic and expansive Andean cultures. Carl Troll has argued that the development of the Inca states in the central Andes was aided by conditions that allow for the elaboration of the staple food tuna. Tuna, which can be stored for long periods, is made of potato dried at the freezing temperatures that are common at night time in the southern Peruvian highlands. Such a link between the Inca state and Tuno may be questioned, as potatoes and other crops, such as maize, can also be dried with only sunlight. Troll did also argue that llamas, the Inca's packed animal, can be found in its largest numbers in the very same region. It is worth considering the maximum extent of the Inca Empire roughly coincided, coincided with the greatest distribution of llamas and alpacas in pre-Hispanic America. <coughs> the link between the Andean boims of Puna and Palermo, Paramo, sorry, pastoralism and the Inca state is a matter of research. As a third point, Troll pointed out irrigation technology as advantageous to the Inca state building, while Troll theorised environmental influences on the Inca Empire, he opposed environmental determination, determinism, determinism, arguing the culture lay at the core of the Inca civilization. <coughs> Origin. The Inca people were a pastoral tribe in the Cusco area around the 12th century. Incan oral history tells an origin story of three caves. The center cave at Tampu Tuku Tamba Toko was named Chapak Chuku Principal Niche, also spelled Kapak Toko, that's C A P A C T O C C O. The other caves were Maras Tuku, Maras Toko, and Sutik Tuku, Sutik Toko. Four brothers and four sisters stepped out of the middle cave. They were Aya Manko, Aya Kachi, Aya Akra, Aya Akra, and Aya Uchu, and Mama Akro, Mama Rawa. Mama Harako and Mama Kura, Mama Kora, out of the side cave came the people who were to be the ancestors of the of all the Inca, Inca clans. Aya Manco carried a magic staff made of the finest gold. Where this staff landed, the people would live. They travelled for a long time on the way. Ayakachi boasted about his strength and power. His siblings tricked him into returning to the cave to get a sacred llama. When he went into the cave, they trapped him inside to get rid of him. That's not um, very nice of his siblings, is it? Um, Ayatuchu decided to stay on the top of the cave to look over the Inca people. The minute he proclaimed that he turned to stone, 
They built a shrine around the stone and it became a sacred object. Aya Okra grew tired of all this and decided to travel alone. Only Aya Mancho and his four sisters remained. Finally, they reached Cusco. The staff sank into the ground before they arrived. Mama Okro had already born Ayamanko, a child, since Iraka. The people who were already living in Cusco fought hard to keep their land, but Mama Hako was a good fighter. When the enemy attacked, she threw her bolus, several stones tied together that spun through the air when thrown. As a soldier, Guara and killed him instantly. The other people became afraid and ran away. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. So would I, if, you know, if I had that one of my um, comrades, I'd be like, "Fuck that, I'm off." After that, Haya Manco became known as Manco Capac, the founder of the Inca. It is said that he and his sisters built the first Inca homes in the valley with their own hands. When the time came, Manca Capac turned to stone like his brothers before him. His son, Sinchiwaka, became the second emperor of the Inca. <laughs> Kingdom of Cusco Under the leadership of Manca Capac, the Inca formed the small city-state Kingdom of Cusco. Cueca Cusco in 1438, they began a far-reaching expansion under the command of Sapa Inca, paramount leader. Patakuti Kusi Dupangui, whose name literally meant Earth Shaker, the name of Patakuti was given to him after he conquered the tribe of Chancas, modern a pure map. During his reign, he and his son, Tupac Yupangri, brought much of the modern-day territory of Peru under Inca control. Bear with me one moment. Reorganization and formation. Patacuti re reorganized the kingdom of Cusco into the Tahantinsu, which consisted of a central government with the Inca at its head and four provincial governments with strong leaders. Chinchesu, Northwest. Antisuyu, northeast, Kuntisuyu, southwest, and Kodiasuyu, southeast. Pachacuti is, a, is thought to have built Machu Picchu either as a family home or a summer retreat, although it may have been an agricultural station. Pachacuti sent the spies to regions he wanted in his empire, and they brought to him reports on political reorganization, military strength and wealth. He then sent messages to their leaders extolling the benefits of joining his empire, offering them presents of luxury goods such as high quality textiles and promising that they would be materially richer as his subjects. Most accepted the rule of the Inca as a fait accompli and acquiesced peacefully. Refusal to accept Inca rule resulted in military conquest, which is still prevalent today, you know, unfortunately. Following conquest, the local rulers were executed. 
The ruler's children were brought to Cusco to learn about Inca administration systems, then returned to rule their native lands. This allowed the Inca to indoctrinate them into the Inca nobility and, with luck, marry their daughters into families at the various corners of the empire. The, that's the old adage, command and conquer. Expansion and consolidation. Traditionally, the son of the Inca ruler led the army. Patacuti's son, Tupac Inca Japangui, began conquests to the north in 1463 and continued them as Inca Mora after Pasacuti's death in 1471. Tupac Inca's most important conquest was the Kingdom of Timor, the Inca's only serious rival for the Peruvian coast. Tupac Inca's empire then stretched north into modern-day Ecuador and Colombia. Tupac Inca's son, Havana Capac added a small portion of land to the north in modern-day Ecuador. At its height, the Inca Empire included Peru, western and south central Bolivia, south Ecuador and a large portion of what is today Chile, north of the Maui River. Traditional historiography claims Advance south halted after the Battle of the Maui, where they met determined resistance from the Mapuche. This view is challenged by historian Osvaldo Silva, and who argues instead that it was the social and political framework of the Mapuche that posted the main difficulty in imposing imperial rule. Silva does accept that the Battle of the Mali was a stalemate, but argues the Incas lacked incentives for conquest. They had been when they had had when fighting more complex societies, such as the Chimu Empire. Silva also disputes the date given by traditional historiography for the battle. The late 15th century, during the reign of Topa Inca Yupangui, 1471-93, instead he places it in 1532, during the Inca Civil War. Nevertheless, Silva agrees on the claim that the bulk of the Incan conquests were made during the late 15th century. At the time of the Incan Civil War, an Inca army was, according to Diego de Rosales, subduing a revolt among the Diputas of Capiapo and Coquimbo that the empires pushed into the Amazon basin near the Jinpe River was stopped by the Suar in 1527. The empire extended into corners of Argentina and Colombia. However, most of the southern portion of the Inca Empire, the portion denominated as Curaçao, was located at, in the Altiplano. The Inca Empire was an amalgamation of languages, cultures and peoples. The components of the empire were not all uniformly loyal, nor were the local cultures all fully integrated. Fully integrated. The Inca Empire as a whole had an economy, had an economy based on exchange and taxation of luxury goods and labour. The following quote describes a method of taxation. For as 
is well known to all, not a single village of the Harrens or the Plains failed to pay the tribute levied on it by those who were in charge of these matters. There were even provinces where, when the natives alleged that they were unable to pay their tribute, the Inca ordered that each inhabitant should be obliged to turn in every four months a large Cleared full of live lands, which was the Inca's way of teaching and accustoming them to pay tribute. <coughs> Inca Civil War and Spanish Conquest. Spanish conquistadors, led by Francisco Pizarro and his brothers, explored south from what is today. Panama, reaching Inca territory by 1526. It was clear that they had reached a wealthy land with prospects of great treasure, and after another expedition in 1529, Pizarro travelled to Spain and received royal approval to conquer the region and be its viceroy. This approval was received as detailed in the following quote. In July 1529, the Queen of Spain signed a charter allowing Pizarro to conquer the Incas. Pizarro was named governor and captain of all conquests in Peru or New Castile as the, as the Spanish now called the land. When the conquistadors returned to Peru in 1532, a war of succession between the sons of Sapa Inca, Juana Capac, Huasca and Atahualpa, and unrest among newly conquered territories, weakened the empire. Perhaps more importantly, Smallpox, influenza, typhus, and measles had spread from Central America. The forces led by Pizarro consisted of 168 men, one cannon, and 27 horses. Conquistadors ported lances, arquebuses, steel armor, and long swords. In contrast, the Inca used weapons made out of wood, stone, copper, and bronze, while using an alpaca fiber-based armor, putting them at significant technological disadvantage. None of their weapons could pierce the Spanish steel armor. In addition, due to the absence of horses in the Americas, the Inca did not develop tactics to fight cavalry. However, the Inca were still effective warriors, being able to successfully fight the Mapus, which later would strategically defeat the Spanish as they expanded further south. The first engagement between the Inca and the Spanish was the Battle of Punia, near present-day Guayaquil, Ecuador, and the Pacific coast. Pizarro then founded the city of Pura in July 1532. Hernando de Soto was sent inland to explore the interior and returned with an invitation to meet the Inca. Alajarapa who had defeated his brother in the civil war and was resting at Catamarca with his army of 80,000 troops that were at the moment armed only with hunting tools, knives and lassoes for hunting llamas. Pizarro and some of his men, some of his men, sorry, most notably a friar named Vicente de Valverde met with the Inca who had brought only a small retinue, the Inca offered them a ceremonial teacher in a golden cup, which the Spanish rejected. The Spanish interpreter 
five Vicente read requirements that demanded that he and his empire accept the rule of King Charles I of Spain and convert to Christianity. Araharapa dismissed the message and asked them to leave. After this, the Spanish began their attack against the mostly unarmed Inca, captured Araharapa as hostage and forced the Inca to collaborate. Araharapa offered the Spaniards enough gold to fill the room he was imprisoned in and twice that amount of silver. The Inca fulfilled this ransom, but Pizarro deceived them, refusing to release the Inca afterwards. During Atahualpa's imprisonment, Huasca was assassinated elsewhere. The Spaniards maintained that this was a was at Atahualpa's orders. This was used as one of the charges against Atahualpa when the Spaniards finally executed, finally executed him in August 1533. Although defeat often implies an, un, an unwanted loss in battle, much of the Inca elite actually welcomed the, the Spanish invaders as liberators and willingly settled down with them to, to share a rule of Andean farmers and manners. Excuse me. Last Incas. The Spanish installed Atahualpa's brother, Manco Inca Yupanqui, in power. For some time, Manco cooperated with the Spanish while they fought to put down resistance in the north. Meanwhile, an associate of Pizarro, Diego de Amagro, attempted to claim Cusco. Manco tried to use this intra-Spanish feud to his advantage, recapturing Cusco in 1536, but the Spanish retook the city afterwards. Manco Inca then retreated to the mountains of Vilcabamba and established the small Neo-Inca state where he and his successors ruled for another 36 years, sometimes raiding the Spanish or inciting revolt against them in 1572. The last Inca stronghold was conquered and the last ruler, Tupac Amaru, Manco's son, was captured and executed. This ended resistance to the Spanish conquest under the political authority of the Inca state. After the fall of the Inca Empire, many aspects of Inca culture were systematically destroyed, including their sophisticated farming system, known as the vertical archipelago model of agriculture. Spanish colonial officials used the Inca Mitakove labour system for colonial aims, sometimes brutally. One member of each family was forced to work in the gold and silver mines, the foremost of which was the Titanic silver mine at Potosi, when a family member died, which would usually happen within a year or two. The family was required to send a replacement. The effects of smallpox on the Inca Empire was, were even more devastating. Beginning in Colombia, smallpox spread rapidly before the Spanish invaders first arrived in the empire. The spread was prob- probably aided by the efficient Inca road system. Smallpox was only the first epidemic. Other diseases, including a, prob- a probable Typhus outbreak in 1546, influenza and smallpox together in 1558, smallpox again in 1589, diphtheria in 1614, and measles in 1618 all ravaged the 
devastating for people. Society. The number of people inhabiting Tarrant and Sioux at its peak is uncertain, with estimates ranging from 4 to 37 million. Most population estimates are in the range of 6 to 14 million, in spite of the fact that the Inca kept excellent census records using their crippers. Knowledge of how to read them was lost as almost all fell into disuse and disintegration over time, or were destroyed by the Spaniards. Language The main form of communication and record-keeping in the empire were creepers, ceramics, textiles and various dialects of Quechua. The language the Incas imposed upon the peoples within the empire while Quechua had been spoken in the Andean region, including central Peru for several centuries prior to the expansion of the Inca civilization. The dialect of Quechua the Incas imposed was an, ab- ab- was an adaptation from the kingdom of Cusco, an early form of southern Quechua. Originally named Chapac Wanasimi, or the great language of the people, or what some historians define as the Cusco dialect. The language imposed by the Incas diverted from its original phonetic, as some societies formed their own regional varieties. The diversity of Quechua at that point, and even today, does not come directly from the Incas who were just a part of the region for Quechua's diversity. The civilizations within the empire that had previously spoken Quechua kept their own variety distinct from the Quechua the Incas spread. Although these dialects of Quechua had a similar linguistic structure, they offered they differed, sorry, according to the region in which they were spoken. Although many of the societies within the empire spoke or learned to speak Quechua, others continued to speak their original languages, such as Emera, which remains in use in contemporary Bolivia, where it is a primary indigenous language, and in various regions surrounding Bolivia. The linguistic body of the Inca Empire was thus varied. The Incas' impact outlasted their empire as the Spanish continued the use of Quechua. The Incas were not known to develop a written form of communication. However, they visually recorded narratives through paintings on on vases and cups. These paintings are usually accompanied by geometric patterns known as Sokapu, which are also found in textiles. Researchers have speculated that the Sokapu patterns could have served as a form of written communication, e.g. heraldry or glyphs. However, this remains under unclear. Sorry. <coughs> Age and defining gender. Maybe me one minute. <coughs> right. The high infant mortality rates that plague the Inca Empire caused all newborn infants to be given the term Wawa when they were born. Most families did not invest very much into their child until they reached the age of two or three years old. Once the child reached the age of three, a coming-of-age ceremony occurred called the Wachichiku. For the Incas, this ceremony indicated that the child had entered the stage of ignorance. 
during the ceremony, the family would invite all relatives to their house for food and dance. And then each member of the family would receive a lock of hair from the child. After each family had received a lock, a lock the father would shave the child's head. This stage of life was categorised by a stage of ignorance, inexperience and lack of reason, a condition that the child would overcome with time. For in society, in order to advance from the stage of ignorance to development, the child must learn the roles associated with the agenda. The next important ritual was to celebrate the maturity of the child. Unlike the coming of age ceremony, the celebration of maturity signified the child's sexual potency. This celebration of puberty was called Babatiku for boys and Kukutikui for girls. The Babatikui ceremony including dancing, fasting, tasks to display strength and family ceremonies. The boy would also be given new clothes and taught how to act as an unmarried man. The Kikuitiki signified the onset of menstruation upon which the girl would go into the forest at home and return only once the bleeding had ended. In the forest she would fast and once returned the girl will be given a new name, adult clothing and advice. This funny stage of life was the time young adults were allowed to have sex without being a parent. Being between the ages of 20 and 30, people were considered young adults, ripe for serious thought and labour. Young adults were able to retain their youthful status by living at home and assisting in their home community. Young adults only reached full maturity and independence once they had married. How times have changed. At the end of life, the terms for men and women denote loss of sexual vitality and humanity, specifically the the decrepitude stage signifies the loss of mental well-being and further physical decline. <laughs> marriage. In the Incan Empire, the age of marriage differed from men and women. What a surprise. Men typically married at the age of 20, while women usually got married about four years earlier at the age of 16. Men who were highly ranked in society could have multiple wives, but those lower in the ranks could only take a single wife. Marriages were typically within classes and resembled a more business-like agreement. Once married, the the women were expected to cook, collect food and watch over the children and livestock. Girls and mothers would also work around the house to keep it orderly to please the public inspectors. These duties remained the same even after wives became pregnant and with the added responsibility of praying and making offerings to Canopa, who was the god of pregnancy. It was typical for marriages to begin on a trial basis, with both men and women having a say in the longevity of the marriage. If the man felt that it wouldn't work out, or if the woman wanted to return to her parents home, the marriage would end. Once the marriage marriage was final, the only way the two could be divorced was if they did not have have a child together. Marriage within the empire was crucial for survival. A family was considered disadvantaged if they, if there was not a married couple at the centre, because everyday life centred around the balance of male and female tasks. 
<coughs> gender roles. According to some historians, such as, such as Terence M. D. Outrun, male and female roles were considered equal in Inca society. The indigenous cultures saw the two genders as, as complementary parts of a, ho- of a whole. In other words, there was not a hierarchical structure in the domestic sphere for the Incas. Within the domestic sphere, women were known as the weavers. Women's everyday tasks, including spinning, watching the children, weaving cloth, cooking, brewing chichi, preparing fields for cultivation, planting seeds, bearing children, harvesting, weeding, hoeing, herding, and carrying water. Men, on the other hand, weeded, ploughed, participated in combat, helped in the harvest, carried firewood, built houses, herded llama and alpaca, and spun and wove when necessary. This relationship between the genders may have been complementary. Unsurprisingly, unlooking Spaniards believed women were treated like slaves, because women did not work in Spanish society to the same extent, and certainly did not work in fields. Women were sometimes allowed to own land and herds because inheritance was passed down from both the mother's and father's side of the, fam- of the family. Kinship within the Inca society followed a parallel line of descent. In other words, women ascended from women and men ascended from men. Due to, due to the parallel descent, a woman had access to land and other necessities throughout through her mother. Religion. Inca myths were transmitted orally. Until early Spanish colonists recorded them, however, some scholars claim that they were recorded on quippers and the knotted string records. The Inca believed in reincarnation. After death, the passage to the next world was fraught with difficulties. The spirit of the dead, Kamakran, would need to follow a long road and during the trip, the assistance of a black dog that could see in the dark was required. Most Incas imagined the afterworld to be like an earthly paradise with flower-covered fields and snow-capped mountains. It was important to the Inca that they not die as a result of burning or that the body of the the deceased not be incinerated. Burning would cause their vital force to disappear and threaten the passage to the afterworld. Those who obeyed the Inca moral moral code, Amasua, Amalura, Amakera, do not steal, do not lie, do not be lazy, went to live in the sun's warmth, while others spent their eternal days in the cold earth. The Inca nobility practiced cranial deformation. They wrapped tight cloth straps around the heads of newborns to shape their softer skulls into a more conical form, thus distinguishing the nobility from other social classes. The, the Incas made human sacrifices, as many as 4,000 servants, court officials, favourites and concubines were killed upon the death of the Inca Hiranyakapak in 1527. The Incas performed child sacrifices around important events, such as the death of the Sapa Inca or during a famine. These sacrifices were known as Kapak Hucha. Deities. The Incas were polytheists who worshipped many gods. These including Veracocha, also Patakamak, created all living things, Apulapu, 
rain god Ayakachi, hot hot tempered god causes earthquakes Lapa, goddess of lightning and thunder Inti, sun god Kuti, rainbow god Mamakela, wife of Inti, called moon mother Mama Oklo, wisdom to civilize the people Manako Kapak, known for his courage and sent to earth to become the first king of the Incas Patamama, the goddess of earth and wife of the Alcacha Kutamama, Kutamama, goddess of the sea Satchamama, means mother, tree Yakumama, means mother, water represented as a snake <coughs> the Inca Empire employed central planning. The Inca Empire traded with the outside regions, although they did not operate a substantial internal market internal market economy. While axe money axe monies were used along the northern coast, presumably by the pro provincial Mindelay trading class. Most households in the empire lived in a traditional economy in which households were required to pay taxes, usually in the form of the meter corvée labour and military obligations. Through barter or juke was present in some areas. In return, the state provided security, food in times of hardship, through the supply of emergency re- emergency resources, agricultural projects, e.g. aqueducts and terraces to increase productivity, and occasional feasts. While metal was used by the state to obtain labour, individual villages had a pre-Inca system of communal work, known as Minka. This system survives to the modern day, known as Minka or Fena. The economy rested on the material foundations of the vertical archipelago, a system of ecological complementary in accessing resources and the cultural foundation of any or reciprocal exchange. Organization of the Empire. The Inca Empire was a federalist system consisting of a central government with the Inca at its head and four quarters. Or Siu, Chinchay Siu, Northwest, Antai Siu, Northeast, Conti Siu, Southwest, Kura Siu, Southeast. The four corners of these quartets quarters met at the center. Cusco, these Siu were likely treated around, created, sorry, around 1480 during the reign of Patacuti before the empire reached its largest territorial territorial extent. At the time the Siu were established, they were roughly of equal size and only later changed their proportions as the empire expanded north and south along the Andes. Cusco was likely not organised as a Romani or province, while it was probably somewhat akin to a modern federal district like Washington DC or Mexico City. The city sat at the centre of the four Siouf and served as the preeminent centre of politics and religion. While Cusco was essentially governed by the Sapa Inca, 
his relatives and the royal Panakla lineages, each city was governed by an Apu, a term of esteem used for men of high status and for venerated mountains. Both Cusco as a district and the four Sioux as administrative regions were grouped into Upper, Hanan and Lower Hurin divisions. As the Inca did not have written records, it is impossible to exhaustively list the con- constituents. Ramani, however, colonial records allow us to reconstruct a partial list They were likely more than 60 than 86 Romani, with more than 48 in the highlands and more than 38 on the coast. Siu, the most popular Siu was Chincha Siu, which encompassed the former Chimu Empire and much of the northern Andes. At its largest extent, it extended through much of modern Ecuador and into modern Colombia. The large, largest Sioux by area was Curaçao, named after the Amera-speaking Cura people. It encompassed the Bolivian Altiplano and much of the south, southern Andes, reaching Argentina and as far south as the Maipo or Maui River in central Chile. Historian Jose Bengala singled out Carote as likely being the foremost Inca settlement in Chile. The second smallest Sioux, Antisiu, was northwest of Cusco in the High Andes. Its name in, in is the roof is the root of the word Andes. Contisiu was the smallest Sioux located along the southern coast of modern Peru extending into the highlands towards Cusco. Laws The Inca state had no separate judiciary or codified laws. Customs, expectations and traditional local power holders governed behaviour. The state had legal force, such as through Toko Yurikok, did he who sees all, or inspectors, the highest such inspectors, typically a blood relative to the Sapa Inca, acted independently of the conventional hierarchy, providing a point of view for the Sapa Inca free of bureaucratic influence. The Inca had three moral precepts that govern their behaviour. Anna Shua, do not steal. Anna Ludia, do not lie. Anna Kira, do not be lazy. Administration. Colonial resources are not entirely clear or in agreement about Inca government structure, such as exact duties and functions of government positions, but the basic structure can be broadly described. The top was the Sapa Inca, below that may have been the Rilak Umu, literally the priests who recount the high priest of the sun. However, beneath the Sapa Inca also sat the Incap Rantin, who was a confidant and assistant to the Sapa Inca. Perhaps similar to a Prime Minister, starting with Topa Inca Yupanqui, a council of the realm was composed of 16 nobles, two from Hanan Cusco, two from Xurin Cusco, four from Chinsayu, two from Contesayu, four from Colonsayu and two from Antisuyu. This rating of representation balanced the Hanan and Huin divisions of the empire, both within Cusco and within the quarters. While provincial bureaucracy and government 
varied greatly. The basic organization was decimal taxpayers, male heads of household of a certain age range, were, organ were organized into corvée labor units, often doubting, often doubling as military units that formed the state's muscle as part of Mita's service. Each unit of more than 100 taxpayers were headed by a Kuraka. While smaller units were headed by Kamayok, a lower non-hereditary status, however, while Kuraku's status was hereditary and typically served for life, the position of Kuraku in the hierarchy was subject to change based on the privileges of superiors in the hierarchy. A Pachaka Kuraka could be appointed to the position by a Mamankwa Kuraka. Furthermore, one Kuraka in each decimal level could serve as the head of one of the nine groups at a lower level, so that a Pachaka Kuraka might also be a Wanga Kuraka in effect directly responsible for one unit of 100 taxpayers and less directly responsible for nine other such units. So, Kraka in charge. Honey Kraka, number of taxpayers, 10,000. Peter Kraka, 5,000 taxpayers. Wanka Kraka, 1,000 taxpayers. Pichikapakta Kuraka 500 taxpayers, Pachaka Kuraka 100 taxpayers, Pitkachunka Kamuk 50 taxpayers, and Chunka Kamayuk 10 taxpayers. Monumental architecture. Architecture was the most important of the Incan arts, with textiles reflecting architectural motives. The most notable example is Machu Picchu, which was constructed by Inca engineers. The prime Inca structures were made of stone blocks that fit together so well that a knife could not be fitted through the stonework. These constructs have survived for centuries with no use of mortar to sustain them. This process was first used on a large scale by the Pequera circa 300 BC to 300 AD. Peoples to the south in Lake Titicaca and later in the city of Tamanaku circa AD 400-1100 in present-day Bolivia. The rocks were sculpted to fit together exactly by repeatedly towering, lowering a rock onto another and carving away any sections on the lower rock where the dust was compressed. The tight fit in the con concavity on the, new, on the lower rocks made them extraordinarily stable. Despite the ongoing challenge of earthquakes and volcanic activity, <laughs> measures, calendrics, and mathematics. 
Physical measures used by the Inca were based on human body parts. Units including, included fingers, the distance from thumb to forefinger, palms, cubits and wingspan. The most basic distance unit was Thatki or Latki or One Piece. The next largest unit was reported by Cabo to be the Topo or Tupu, measuring 6,000 Dakis or about 7.7 kilometers. Careful study has shown that a range of 4.0 to 6.3 kilometers. Is likely next was the Romani, composed of 30 topos, roughly 232 kilometers, to measure area 25 by 50 wingspan, were used. Reckoned in tapos, roughly 3,280 kilometers or 1,270 square miles. It seems likely that distance was often interpreted as one day's walk. The distance between Tambore stations widely in terms of distance, but far less in terms of time to walk that distance. Inca calendars were strongly tied to astronomy. Inca astronomers understood equinoxes, solstices, and zenith passages. Along with the Venus cycle, they could not, however, predict eclipses. The Inca calendar was essentially lunisolar, as two calendars were maintained in parallel, one solar and one lunar. As 12 lunar months fall 11 days short of a full 365 day solar year. Those in charge of the calendar had to adjust every winter solstice. Each lunar month was marked with festivals and rituals. Apparently, the days of the week were not named and days were not grouped into weeks. Similarly, months were not grouped into seasons. Time during a day was not measured in hours or minutes, but in terms of how far the sun had had travelled, or in how long it had taken to perform a task. The sophistication of Inca administration, calendrics and engineering required facility with numbers. Numerical information was stored in the knots of keepy strings allowing for compact storage of large numbers these numbers were stored in base 10 base 10 digits the same base used by the Quechua language and in administrative and military units these numbers stored in kipi could not could be calculated on yupanas grids with squares of of positionally varying mathematical values, perhaps functioning as a as an abacus, calculation was facilitated by moving piles of tokens, seeds, or pebbles between compartments of the yapuna. It is likely that Inca mathematics at least allowed division of Integers into integers or, fraction, or fractions and multiplication of integers and fractions. According to mid 17th century, Jesuit chronicler Bernabe Cabo, the Inca, de- the Inca designated officials to perform accounting related tasks. These officials were called Kipo Cameos. Study of Kipu Sample, VA42527, Museum for Volker Conde, Berlin, revealed that the numbers arranged in calendrically significant patterns were used for agricultural purposes in the farm account books kept by the Kipakamaki accountant or warehouse keeper to facilitate the closing of accounting books. 
<laughs> I think that will be it for today. Because um, the rest of this is on is all about ceramics, precious metals, textiles, communication, medicine, weapons, armor, warfare. Um, if you if you, know, you wanna read upon it yourself and come to your come to your own inclusion. <coughs> if you just just type in Inca Empire in your Google or Safari or whatever um, search bar you use, it'll come up. Um, yeah, so that'll be it. <coughs> um, <coughs> I hope you enjoyed that podcast, that episode. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast um, on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you could do do us a favour, and it would really help us out, is if you could leave us a review and a like rating. On any platform, if possible, but even more so on Apple Podcasts. But yeah, that'll be it. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. And until next episode, guys, enjoy your week. <laughs>